This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Lookout Landing Podcast. I am Kate Prusser, Managing Editor of Lookout Landing, um, and I am joined today by one of our writers making his debut on the podcast. It's Eric Sanford. Eric, how are you? <laughs> good. How are you? I am good as well. I know you're excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. And extra exciting. We took a week off, um, had some things to do. I had to go to Tacoma to see an Andrew Moore start, which actually relates to our guest today, who is teammates with Andrew Moore on the 2016 Jackson Generals, and it's Ian Miller. Ian, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How's everybody doing? Excellent. Good. Um, Ian is currently in Arkansas? Yes. No, 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 no. I'm in... Uh... Uh, Texas, Midland, Texas. Where am I? <laughs> Midland, Texas. Yeah, I mean, do you have those moments where you have to be like, you wake up in the hotel or whatever, and you're like, where am I again? Definitely, and uh, it's a <laughs> it's a big thing with the days of the week. I never know what day of the week it is. Oh, yeah. uh, I bet, because even just in writing about baseball, sometimes they kind of blur together, and especially this week with the holiday, I'm like, Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday. For sure. Thursday. Yeah, every day's the same. Every day's the same. But the, that's good too because the routine, right? It sort of. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the only thing that's different is you know if we're playing a day game or something, and uh, 
you know, but basically everything's the same. Everything's always the same. It's easy to get into a routine, and uh, I mean, that's that's the great part. Well, let's uh, recap briefly sort of what's going on in Mariners land. The Mariners are currently on a four-game winning streak against the yeah. formerly first-place Rockies. Yeah, uh-huh. they have, they nice. have knocked, them, knocked them out of first place, which uh, caused some very salty Rockies behavior, Rockies mm. fan behavior on the Twitter. <laughs> they were not happy about that. Um, and why would they be? Because Paxton is back, and he was dominant last night. Oh man, it was it was so much fun watching him pitch again after, you know, struggling through the last month or so of a lot of guys making their first big league starts and you know yep. getting through it, but often getting just lit up, which is just makes for not fun baseball watching. But to to watch James Paxton come back and just like nothing ever happens and pitch like an ace again um just from from the get-go he was just so dialed in yeah i thought for sure he would need like a little bit of an on-ramping i know he Mm -hmm. did a rehab stint with you guys right in arkansas Mm -hmm. yes um and actually actually kind of got hit around a little there they gave up a home run what was that like having him in the clubhouse? And did you get to spend any time with him? Yeah, yeah, did yeah, got, yeah. Did he get you guys dinner? Because I think that's important. He did. He did. He got us uh, barbecue, Aww. and it was fantastic. Like big old thing of ribs for everybody. And uh, but uh, yeah. having having him around in the clubhouse was awesome. I mean, he's a uh, you know when he gets into game mode, I guess just from what I've seen, uh, he's a great dude. But he gets into like a stone cold mode, and you can tell when <laughs> you can tell when he gets locked in, and then. Uh, you know, I was actually on the bench because, uh, you know, dealing with a little hamstring thing. But so I saw him, you know, after the innings and between the innings. And I mean, he just he just stays locked in and it's fun to watch. That's great to hear that even in a rehab star, even, uh, you know, playing against guys who are not his normal competition, that he's able to just keep that intensity dialed up. Because mm-hmm. that makes sense to me then why he came out last night. Because I was like, oh, maybe he'll take it easy on the velocity. He'll come out 94, 95. Nope, 97, 98, yeah. 99. Just he like, was throwing hard here, away. too. And, I mean, he knew um, that they were probably going to be swinging early and often. You know what I mean? Just because mm-hmm. he throws a million miles an hour from the left side. But, um, you know, it was, it was fun to watch. It was fun to see him compete. And uh, I think everybody took a little something out of it. That's awesome. Well, in um, in Paxton's stead, we had, we have had. He's still with the team, and has been pitching well. I can't see him getting sent down anytime soon. Um, Sam Gaviglio, who was also a teammate of yours on that mm-hmm. 2016 Jackson team, um, and actually a few of those guys you have seen make it to the majors: Edwin Diaz, Dan Altavilla. Heredia, Gaviglio, uh, Emilio Pagan, who I know you're close with. Yes. Uh, so what's it been like seeing those guys make it to the bigs? Um, it's it's unbelievable. Um, you know, playing with all of those guys, you see, you see how they approach the game, what they do to get ready, um, what they do on the field, what type of competitors they are, and um, they all they all kind of share the same trait. Um, especially even seeing Paxson, it's like. You know they're they're regular dudes in the clubhouse. They're regular dudes off the field. But once they step, when it's their time to pitch, they just they lock it in. They're just they kind of turn insane almost. They're just crazy. Mm-hmm. They're uh, you know they'll kill you. They're <laughs> they're um, 
they're just warriors on the mound. It's it's just fun to watch. They just flip a switch and they stay in there until they get taken out. Well, I think we especially awesome. see that with um, Emilio Pagan this year, who <laughs> ha- has had some good years in the minors. Uh, came up to Tacoma, struggled a little, went to the AFL, uh, the Arizona <clears throat> Fall League, and then went to the WBC. And I swear, ever since he's come back from the WBC, He's been murderous in yeah. AAA. I think he was running like a 12K9. And I know that you are friendly with him. So do you do you think that that experience in the WBC kind of helped him learn how to flip that switch? Or what's the difference you see in him? You know what? I don't think I don't think maybe it helped him flip that switch because he was he was pitching like his hair was on fire in Pulaski my first year in uh, rookie mm. ball. Um, I think maybe it just it just showed him that he could do that the same thing that he did in Pulaski on a stage in front of 40,000 people and uh, still come out on the winning side of it. Um, he just, I don't know. It's just, it's fun to see him pitch. It's fun to see him compete. Um, I take bits and pieces from him and try to put it into my game um, in terms of, you know, the confidence that he's got in his ability and just his mindset and attitude. And, you know, I think it just reaffirmed what he's been doing since, you know, he got drafted that he can do it on any stage. Which is especially satisfying to see because um, I think he was regarded as kind of a reach pick. Um, people said, who is this guy? Like, he comes out of this small school in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about him. And, you know, draft guys do not like when you make them look uninformed. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, Oh, for sure. Yeah, he, um, you know, senior signed. I don't think he signed for a bunch of money. Um I think he actually used whatever money he got to buy a ring for his 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 girlfriend at the time, and um, he just he used it all as fuel to the fire, and uh, you know he's kind of helped me do the same thing, kind of uh, talking to me about going into this year, um, just kind of being the underdog. That's if you don't play with a chip on your shoulder, then you just don't play very well. And uh, he's always been able to do it, and he's been able to put it together this year. And uh, I'd be lying if I said he didn't kind of help me. Uh, put bits and pieces of it together this year as well. I think the phrase that we've talked about a little is uh, playing like a villain, which is an awesome mindset. Can you expand on that a little? Um, What does that mean to you? Yeah, so I just, uh, yeah, I don't know how to, I don't know how to be, you know, nice about it. Um, It's just, yeah, I don't want to like use a bad word, but uh, it's basically just, doing what you need to do, not to throw it in people's faces and stuff, but, you know, I, I see I see Altavilla do it sometimes in the big leagues. Like, I see uh, Diaz do it. I always see Pagan do it. You know, when they get a big out or a big strikeout or something, mm-hmm. they'll yell. Um, they'll just get hyped up. Basically, it's just something that, you know, keeps them a step ahead mentally, I guess. You know, just playing like a – there's another bad word I want to use. Um, <laughs> it's just playing with emotion and – disregarding what other people think of you, I guess. Not being disrespectful, but just doing what needs to be done in order to get you fired up and stay in mentally. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's hitting a big double and throwing your hands up in the air um, or, you know, I, I think I, you know, I walked off a game this year and threw my hands up in the air. And it, I don't know. It's just, you know, playing with a chip on your shoulder and playing with attitude. And, yeah, just playing with attitude, basically, not really caring what, what other people think, trying to get your teammates fired up. You got to let it out, you know. 
Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and it's, you know, it's, it's like if, fun, if you right? yell and if you yell and say say the wrong thing on the field, you know, you could be thrown out, even if you're, uh, you know, if you don't have bad intentions. But it's just playing with attitude and uh, right. and the way you play the game, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which I think is something that is, um, you know, we're at a difficult place with that in baseball. A little, we have on one side all the people who say play the game the right way yeah and really i think try to i don't know what they want you to do if you smash a monster home run like to calmly trot around the bases and let no emotion show on your face mm-hmm. like we have that extreme to the other end um which you know kind of leads to things like this ridiculous brawl that happened the other day yes um, i was watching it i was watching it live right here actually Seriously, what I heard that in the Mariners clubhouse, everyone rushed off the field from batting practice so they could run inside and watch it. Really, was it a, a similar scene there in in Arkansas? No, or? so so uh, yeah, it was actually our off day. So me and uh, Seeger and I were just sitting here watching it, and um, it was kind of just unbelievable. Actually, I, I've never, I've only ever seen these uh, these brawls like on ESPN or recaps and stuff, and uh, I was. Just watching it live. Um, I think Seeger was in his in his bed, and I yelled, "Hey, man, you got to come over here and watch it." And uh, you know, we watched it probably ten to fifteen times over and over again. It was uh, it was incredible. What would your role be if you were if you were in the midst of two brawling teams? Would you be like the teammate holder backer? Would you be Buster Posey, like just kind of standing no. up to the side, like this so, is worth this? So uh, I think it was I think it was Michael Morse. That ran in there and bumped heads and collided face to face with another teammate. That would probably be me. Yeah, with Jeff Samarja. Yeah, oh, that man. would that would be me. I would probably be uh, bumping heads with a teammate by accident. I get my teeth knocked out or something. Yeah, that would be me for sure. Well, I think Morse is uh, Morse got a concussion. Yeah. he's on the DL. So yeah, he uh, he had to have gotten hurt from that. Yeah. Okay. Don't 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 do that then for for <laughs> okay. our sake and for the for yeah. the traveler's sake. Don't okay. don't go rushing onto the field in any okay. brawls. Uh, <laughs> I mean, speaking of playing like villains and maybe being a team that everyone hated to face last year, the Jackson Generals. It was so fun to follow that team. I cannot imagine that any uh, other teams really enjoyed playing you. No. I'm th- I'm thinking back to something, um, this was fantastic. I was like weeding the yard and I just stood there in amazement while this was happening. Um, I think Gaviglio was pitching this game, but the opposing manager, I forget who you were playing. Uh, he went nuts. He did not like a call and he just, he threw like, he threw everything out of the dugout onto the field. He threw like a bag of baseballs onto the field he threw hmm. equipment onto the like everything. You don't remember this? I, Does this, I, is this a common feature then? You know, I I have a terrible memory, but I I, I do remember uh, a bunch of teams, a bunch of managers getting kind of fired up, and uh, you know, a lot of it happening when we're in town. And um, I just, yeah, I could I couldn't really uh, put into words or imagine what it would be like to face our 2016 Jackson General team. Um, it would definitely. Definitely wouldn't be good for the stats uh, playing against us, you know. So it's uh, I could see how uh, a lot of frustration was going on at the time. Yeah, you guys were terrifying. You were mm-hmm. just juggernauts of that league. 
Um, what made that team so special? Why was that team so good? Because obviously you had amazing pitching performances. Uh, you had Andrew Moore, who's now in Tacoma doing great. You had Tyler O'Neill just tearing up the league. Mm-hmm. But then there were a lot of guys who maybe weren't as heralded, like not huge names. Yeah, um, yeah. And yet the we, team just got it done. Yeah. Um, you know, we had uh, we had Benji Gonzalez at short, who, uh, you know, he, I guess he was a free agent. He signed with us. He was he was a huge part of the success that we had that year. I think he ended up hitting like 280, 290 and just, you know, kind of went unnoticed you know, actually, in in my eyes, that's what I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tim Lopes had a, had a quietly amazing year, hitting two ninety as well in his first year in Double A. And um, you know, we had uh, you know we had Leon Landry who didn't have the average that he wanted, but he made unbelievable plays in the outfield. That's another dude that I think kind of went unnoticed. And you know, I don't know how many triples he had, but it was unbelievable. Yeah, he was fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I learned a lot from Leon too. I mean, speaking of speed and like, we can't talk about, I think, what the generals did without acknowledging what I have turned the Ian Miller double, which is a single. And honestly, they should just put you on second. They should just like (laughs) save the catcher the embarrassment of having or save the pitcher the stat of getting a base stolen again and just just put you on second and make it a double. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Because you're going to take that base. You are going to steal that base, and they are not going to be able to stop you. Yeah, I was, uh, last year, you know, second base was, second base was my go-to. Loved it. Um, Didn't really steal third that much. Uh, Actually, I actually didn't really have the confidence in stealing third base just because I've never really done it much, even though, you know, Darren Brown, uh, who was our, our base running coordinator for a little while, who was my head coach last year and this year. Um, you know, he worked with me a bunch. Todd Donovan worked with me a bunch. Um, but it really wasn't until I got to, uh, you know, the, the spring training games here uh, the, on the big league side that I actually learned from Gerard Dyson uh, how to steal third base. And then in the games, I think this year, you know, I showed that I could steal second and third a little bit. And I actually, I might have stole third base more than second base. Um but, you know, I'm kind of putting it all together this year, and it's just, it's, I like stealing third better. Well, stealing third is the accomplishment, right? Because stealing second, depending on what hand the pitcher throws with or what the, mm-hmm. what the, um, what their release is, what pitch you're stealing on. Right. I mean, that's, that's pretty common. But stealing third is an accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, stealing, stealing seconds either, uh, because you're faster, you got a good jump, or it was a good count to run in with uh, off speed coming. You know, I think a lot of people can steal second base. I don't think it's that crazy, but uh, you know, stealing third, you have to be a, a good base stealer. I feel like, and um, there's a lot of guys that aren't very fast that steal third. Um, and uh, not saying he's not very fast, but another guy that I kind of picked the brain of stealing third was uh, Mitch Haniger. Mm. Um, he was he was he was in Arizona for the off season as well. Um, towards the back end, so I spent a lot of time with him, and um, he's actually, you know, him and him and Gerard are uh, are wizards at sealing third base. I don't think because we haven't gotten to see a ton of Hanniger because he's been mm-hmm. hurt, um, so I wouldn't have known that. It's really interesting. Yeah, he's a uh, he's 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 a good base runner. He's a good base stealer, and uh, he's got a lot of a lot of points. He actually. I vividly remember him taking me to the, uh, you know, the video room and, 
showing me some things to look at. And, uh, you know, he's got a great approach when stealing third base. I've heard, I mean, we've all kind of heard the coaches just rave about Hanager's baseball IQ and what mm-hmm. a student of the game he is. And so it sounds like your experience is really backing that up. Yeah, he's, uh, especially with this swing, I've never, it's actually incredible. It's uh, never seen somebody have so many theories and have so much stuff go into a baseball swing. You know, even before um, stepping into the box, just what he's looking for, his approach, uh, the situation, what he thinks is going to be thrown, it's it's unbelievable. Well, let's talk a little bit about swings because I know that you did a lot of work this off season. Mm-hmm. Your swing, uh, so the retooled sp- swing is one of the famous spring training baseball cliches, right? Like you have best shape of his life, um, done a lot of mental work, and then the <laughs> retooled swing. But it really seems like Mitch Haniger has had this retooled swing that has led to great success for him. And you have a new swing, and you're just to look at your hitting profile um we have two travelers who are batting in the top five in the texas league right now um number one overall is chuck taylor who's just having an insane mm-hmm. season um who i think most most of us were like who who is chuck taylor mm-hmm. yeah he's um it's it's special what he's doing and uh he does it literally every day and he's got the same approach every day he works hard every day before the games, and uh, he brings it onto the field, and it's just it's fun to watch. Well, he is something special, but also in the top five, and not someplace I think you would have found yourself last year, is you, slashing 339, 390-454. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an average that's almost 100 points higher than where you were last year. And OBP, 60 points higher and a slugging percentage 150 points higher than what you were doing last year. Yes. Um, two home runs already versus none last year. Well, uh, you know, the Ks have jumped as they will when you're slugging so much more. Um, mm-hmm. But your, your walk rate has remained pretty steady. So <clears throat> tell me about this new approach to hitting you have and pretty exciting but also maybe a little scary to suddenly be striking out a bunch where that's never been part of your game before yeah yeah so uh you know last year I really wanted to focus on controlling the zone um you know I wanted to show that I could walk as much as I could strike out um I think I did a good job of doing that uh what I also wanted to do was uh you know, I wanted to have a, a great success rate ceiling bases. I didn't necessarily want to get to 50. I did 50 in, in 2015. Um, 2016, I said, you know what, I just, you know, I want to do what I can to help win, and um, I want to get caught stealing the least amount of times as possible. That ended up working out. Um, this year, what I wanted to do is I wanted to put the focus solely on hitting, um, not necessarily throwing out walking as much as striking out, but I wanted to put an emphasis on trying to hit as close to or above 300 as possible. Um, and as he said, you know, with the extra base hits come strikeouts. Um, I actually, I had a little hole in my swing, um, especially with two strikes earlier in the season, and I made an adjustment um, with Roy Howard hitting coach out here, and it kind of it started uh, limiting the strikeouts a little bit. And uh, my walk started going up a little bit and uh, didn't really sacrifice power. It's just kind of something in my load. And, you know, as I, uh, being in Arizona this whole offseason, 
Um, I was able to be with Brant Brown, our hitting guy, and uh, he worked with me every day. Um, he also worked with DJ Peterson. You know, Hanniger was there. Tuffy was there. And um, it's just basically learning from everybody, um, having a consistent approach that I bring to the ballpark every day, and it just willing to die with it. I'm willing to go up to the to the plate, and I'm willing to fail with it. Um, I'm willing to look like an idiot if something doesn't go right, mm -hmm. as long as I'm sticking to my approach, my plan. Um, and, uh, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, going over 4, over 5, going home, kind of just shrugging it off, and going back to the field tomorrow with the same approach, you know, willing to fail with it again, and just uh, sticking to the process, sticking to, you know, what I'm trying to do. And, uh, you know, if, if it works four out of five times that day, then good. And if it doesn't, I'm still going to try it again tomorrow. And I think that that's something that um, just maybe organizationally we haven't seen as far as a consistent approach. Um, mm -hmm. You look at somebody who's had some struggles, like Mike Zanino with his swing. He would go and fail and then retool, retool, try to do something else, get some different coaching that maybe put him in a different direction. Um, and the results weren't great. And mm -hmm. so now he's just starting to maybe adhere more to that kind of a, an approach where he's going out and, okay, maybe it's not going to work, but he's going to stay true to that approach. So is that an organizational change that you feel that's coming from? Or what, what are the differences in being a, a Seattle Mariner 2016-2017 versus 2015 and all the years before? Yeah, you know, um, you know with this new regime, it's, uh, it's all about controlling the zone, doing damage with the pitches that are in your box, um, you're looking, if you're in a hitter's count, you're looking for one spot. Um, you know, to be honest with you, uh, I don't really remember much from uh, the pre-Depoto regime just because, you know, I think I was going through the motions a little bit. We didn't really put a uh, huge emphasis on, uh, you know, controlling the zone and um, the uh, putting all the work into uh, the offensive aspect of things and you know, now it's just everybody's kind of on the same page. Everybody's singing the same song from uh, from rookie ball all the way up. Um, the same the same vocab is used um, when refer referencing you know your offensive plan. Um, everybody's preaching the same thing, and you know everyone's willing to help in the same way that everyone is in the organization. You know, well, that sounds great. Um, how about the coaching change? Because I know that, um, a lot of people went out, some people stuck around, but maybe not as many, a lot of people came in and that's always, even if it's a change for the best, it's always tough when coaches aren't exactly management, but, um, you know, your higher ups change and they're asking different things out of you and maybe asking for a big shift in, in approach. Um, so what was that transition like? Um, I th I think it was pretty smooth. Um, what these guys do now, that's really awesome and really awesome to everybody else here in the organization in terms of players is everybody communicates um, a lot more than they used to. Um, you know, we have we have better relationships with the people up top. <clears throat> you know, uh, Kingston, Depoto, uh, McNamara, all those guys. It's you know they've all been here already. Um, they all sit down and talk to us. They all have the same plan that they want us to do that, you know, Andy McKay wants us to do, Mike McCushy wants us to do. Everybody is is 
very outgoing uh, with the plan um, from top to bottom. It's just, uh, you know, there's a lot more communication. Um, a lot more eyes are open because we know what they expect. We know what they want. And, uh, you know, in, in terms of last year with the with the Jackson Generals, um, you know, everybody was on the same page. And, uh, you know, now, I guess with the 2017 Arkansas Travelers, we're starting to put it all together, same page. Hmm. I want to flip back for a second to what you did over the off season and um, just as far as like having that build into spring training mm-hmm. um, because for all the things about the WBC that people say like, oh, it hurts pitchers, whatever. Uh, it was a pretty big opportunity for you and some of the other guys who maybe haven't gotten so much, let's call it marquee time. Um, all of a sudden, there's Ian Miller on my TV. It was very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I had to see you steal bases in person, which was Definitely. really fun. Definitely. Um, so what was that experience like, just being around all of those guys? I know you touched on it a little bit with learning from Dyson and uh, Hanager, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it's... Uh, hmm. They do a good job of, of bringing people over that aren't in big league camp. Um, you know, on a consistent basis, I was I was told, you know, before spring training started that I would have a lot of opportunity over there, even though I wasn't in big league spring training. You know, I'd go over there a lot and, you know, have an opportunity to play and uh, learn from those guys. And, you know, being over there and being able to pick their brains, um, I, I think I probably talked to everyone um, at least once. And I got to take bits and pieces from everybody, kind of molded into one big thing, one big winning attitude and, you know, hear things that, you know, I've never heard before, kind of, kind of put my own little, I guess, ideas in there and, you know, just the way that they approach the game and look at the game and it's basically the same thing that I do in double A or like to think that I do. It's just, they're just so much more refined. It's, you know, it's awesome. It's, I learned so much being around those guys again this year and, uh, hopefully I can keep doing it. Uh, this is jumping forward to a Twitter question that we got, uh, from Mary Langston, but was there anybody who was just sort of intimidating to you? Like you walk into that big league clubhouse and you're like, Oh my God, that's so-and-so. Chooch. For sure. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Because no he doesn't talk much. <laughs> and he's got like a stone cold just stare <laughs> on his face. And like he'll, I remember he'll hit like a double. He'll hit like a double or, a, you know, an RBI and come back or throw somebody out trying to steal. And uh, just no emotion, just stone cold, just sits there. <laughs> and just, and I'll, I'll look at him. I'll just stare at him, you know, because I'm from Philadelphia. So I've always been a huge fan of him, you know. Oh. And uh, so I just sit there and I'll just stare at him like, oh my gosh, that's Chooch. You know, I'm sitting next to him. <laughs> and he's still got that's that awesome. stare and he'll he'll just look at me. He'll just look at me and I'll like give him an awkward smile. Just nothing. <laughs> but I, I did get to talk to him a little bit and he's an awesome dude. I was, you know, asking him about Chase Utley, Shane Victorino, those guys that he played with, um, you know, in Philly. And he's, uh, he's a really good dude. He's just, he's intimidating just because he doesn't say much and you don't know what he's thinking especially if he's looking at you and uh yeah I'd have to say him for sure. He's definitely sense. Oh, 
Go ahead, Eric. Oh yeah, that definitely makes sense because he seems like the uh, like the most like no no nonsense like angry dad on the team. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say he strikes me as like the cop who's one day from retirement. Yes, you know? exactly. He's too he's he's too old for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, Just trying not to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> one day left to retirement. Yeah. Um, I know that you kind of sacrificed a lot to be off this whole off season. You were in Arizona working on stuff. Um, so let's talk a little bit about like, just kind of, you, you had no respite from the grind basically, right? Like you guys, you won the championship. It was great. It was fun. Went home for, you were home for like a month, two months, something like that. Yeah. Um, I think I was, I was home for Thanksgiving and Christmas, maybe for a week or two, both times. And then just came straight back It uh, you know, that's kind of what I want it to be like. Um, you know, this is my third, one, two, three, third off season in a row staying in Arizona. So, uh, you know, I like it, uh, to be honest with you, I'll probably stay there for the rest of my career. Um, and, uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. It's, uh, you know, Monday through Friday, working out, hitting, all that stuff. Uh, we had, you know, our mental skills guys in there. So I was working with, uh, you know, Franco, Ben Ostrand, and it's basically just baseball 24-7, and that's, that's kind of how I like it. Nice. So what does a typical um, off-season day look like for you, and then what does a typical in-season day look like for you? Hmm. All right. So typical off season day, um, usually wake up at eight, um, working out starts at nine. So I wake up at eight, at eight, go get Chick-fil-A breakfast, get to the field. What is it with ball players and Chick-fil-A breakfast? Because Kyle know. Lewis said the same thing. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just delicious. I love it. They're so friendly. <laughs> Um, hey, can I tell a quick Chick-fil-A story? Yes, please. Because it, it, it pertains to the travelers, because I, I found myself um, in Little Rock two years ago, uh, three years ago, um, for, for a funeral, and uh, was there, had a couple extra days, and um, so our family decided to go to a travelers game, and this was back when uh, they were the Angels affiliate. Okay. Um, so everybody's wearing Trumbo and Trout shirts and stuff, um, and they... Do they still do they still sell Chick Fil A at the stadium? Because everybody freaked out about that. No, no, I don't, don't think so. I don't think so. I haven't oh, seen Chick Fil A at the stadium. Huh. Well, they they definitely did when I was there, and and it's kind of a novelty because it's not as common in Washington. Um, there's there's okay. a couple locations that people go crazy for, but um, but yeah, I was like, oh, Chick Fil A, sweet. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> I, I don't think I've seen it. I don't think I've seen it at the stadium. I know. I feel um, like Ian would know if there was Chick Fil A being because yeah. Chick Fil A yeah. has a smell, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You smell it. You smell I mean, it. They, for tr- sure. they truly hook you up if if they were there. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> All right, so we have Chick Fil A breakfast. Go to the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I get there. Working out starts at about nine. Um, you know, work out for an hour or two, um, get loose, they go hit, um, start in the cage, hit off the tee, get ready, go out to the field. Um, we'd have somebody throwing BP to us, 
Uh, Chris Prieto was there a bunch, so he was throwing. Uh, Brant Brown was throwing. Um, take BP on the field, throw, uh, get some outfield work in. Sean O'Malley was there too. Um, you know, basically it's just just spring training pretty much. Um, just laid back and, you know, basically staying in baseball mode the whole offseason. And um, then go home. You know, then go home, play a bunch of video games, uh, lay around, and then usually, you know, maybe some Chick-fil-A for dinner as well. <laughs> or sushi, right? Mm-hmm, mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, I was in the La Quinta, which was right next to the, uh, the field, and uh, it was a rotation. So it was either Chick-fil-A, sushi, or it was Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> nice. I have seen all of those on your Snapchat multiple yes. times. Consistently. With your with your um your stick figure girlfriend. Yes, yes, yes. It was uh yeah, it was it was a lonely off season. So uh you know, I watched uh I watched Castaway and you know how he's got that that <laughs> that uh that ball with the hand on it and he talks to it. Right. You know, that's kinda what I was going through. I see. Yeah. Who was who was your Wilson? You know, her name changed a bunch. I'm not sure. <laughs> You know, just kind of depending on, you know, what I was feeling. Her name would change and her, uh-huh. her colors would change. You know, um, she was green sometimes, yellow, whatever. <laughs> I enjoyed the one of you at the movie theater with all your stick figure friends around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out, so, out with the crew, I think. Out with the crew, with my boys. <laughs> you know, there's no one out there. Um, you know, and if, if there was people out there, like, you know, they had families. and um, So I was I was riding solo, but... You know, that's, that's, how, that's how I like it, so. Well, I was going to ask, um, what is the hardest thing about the minor league life, and what is the part that you like the best? Because it is a great um, The hardest part is definitely the money. <laughs> um, you, I'm sure you hear it talked about a lot. Um, it's brutal. It's terrible. Uh, just trying to stay afloat, you know, I... You know, I'll even ask my mom for for money for rent, help with rent, just because, you know, it's 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 tough. It is tough. Um, mm-hmm. The the best part of minor league baseball, hmm. Oh, there's so many. Um, <laughs> basically, just being able to live out your dream, play baseball. You know, I make jokes about, you know, how hard it is, and again. You know, not getting paid much, but I am getting paid to play professional baseball. I'm living out my dream. Um, you know, even though it's not in the big leagues right now, I'm still loving life. I'm still playing professional baseball, and uh, I wouldn't change it. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's inspiring. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I think what we'll do now is we'll take a little break. We'll let Eric tend to his fussy baby. Okay. Uh, and when we come back, we will take some listener questions. Cool. Okay. Sounds good. All right. This is ground control to Major Tom. You've really made the grade. And the papers want to know. Major Tom today. 
And we're back. Okay, now is the time on the Lookout Landing podcast where we answer your questions. And I think, Eric, you have those today? Yes, I do. Okay. All right, so let's see. Let's start with this one from uh, Cecilia Blankenship. She big, asks, big Travs fan, Cecilia. Okay. Big nice. Ian Miller fan as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she asks, um, what are your favorite and least favorite things about being in Arkansas? Hmm. My favorite thing is definitely uh, how nice all the people are. Uh, mm-hmm. My mom, my mom came out to visit, um, you know, towards the end of April, and you know she wasn't. She just felt kind of at home. Like everybody was so nice. Um, I think there were there were fans in the stadium asking her to sit with them. Like, oh, you don't have uh-huh. to sit alone. Like, sit with us. You know. Um, season ticket holders willing to like give up a front row seat just so she could sit there and stuff. Um, that was, it's definitely awesome. Um, and the worst thing about being in Arkansas, um, to be honest with you, I have not found anything bad with it. Um, there's actually really, everybody's super nice. Um, everything's awesome. Uh, yeah, humidity's not too bad or no, it, it hasn't been yet. It's been getting hot. Actually, Got it. The bugs suck. Oh, yeah. yeah. The bugs are terrible. The bugs more are terrible. So, more so than in Jackson, Tennessee. Yes. These bugs are relentless. And we have like a <laughs> we have a concoction now that uh, our trainer came up with or somebody came up with. It's like we use, we use mouthwash and vanilla extract. And we literally <laughs> put it in a spray bottle and spray our whole bodies. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. You guys smell great. Desperate. Desperate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It smells. It smells weird, but it works. Nice. I can't believe that there's not a product that works better than <laughs> mouthwash and vanilla extract. Yeah, we've used them all too. <laughs> I I don't doubt it. Mm-hmm. If it's that, so a corollary to that, then I would have to ask: Is I know that you've been sort of all over with your baseball career. What has been your favorite, and excluding Philadelphia, home home city? What has been your favorite place to live or spend time in? You know, I really like, I like Tulsa. Um, we, we've played Tulsa like two or three times, I think, at their place. I just like it because, you know, it's a city, it's downtown. You can literally walk out of your hotel, which is super nice. Um and you're in the city, you can walk mm-hmm. around. Um, but what also helps is that there's a Starbucks literally within throwing distance. <laughs> and I can wake up and I can get out of my hotel, go get Starbucks, and then literally come right back into my hotel because there's a place to eat downstairs. And I don't have to, you know, get outside of my comfort zone. You know? So your favorite place is the place that requires you to see as little of it as possible. In- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm most a, amenities. I'm I'm a hermit crab. So like this whole off season, you know, I got all of my food to go. Uh, I just eat it back at my apartment or hotel or whatever it is. That's just what I'm comfortable doing. And um, I really do. I really do like playing here in Arkansas. Uh, I really enjoyed playing in Bakersfield as well. As crazy as that sounds. You enjoy getting your eyes singed off. I. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. It's just just not a whole lot to it, you know. Arkansas is pretty laid back. 
Um, it's Have you just... explored much of uh, Little Rock? Like the uh, there's the uh, Clinton family um, library right downtown. I remember from when I was there. Yeah, I don't. No, 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 no. I don't do much reading. I don't. I don't really. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've been Some to nice a, restaurants too. Yes, there is. I've been to a nice place called Cajun's Wharf. It's literally right next to my apartment. Oh yeah, and it's a seafood spot. It's the best seafood I've ever had in my life, and it is awesome. right on the water. Um, took my high school coach there. <clears throat> took my girlfriend there when she came out, and it was, you know, it was, nice. it was great. It was awesome. Southerners know how to eat. That is for dang sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the food's unbelievable. Yeah. So. What about this place? Andrew Moore talked about this. The, the something pork belly cafe pot belly cafe what is it called? whole hog whole, whole hog, hog cafe. that's it well that's what that's what paxton had catered oh yeah it's unbelievable awesome. it's awesome just barbecue and it's uh oh, i love it so much sounds right. legit you're that's doing fun. you're doing a pretty solid commercial for little rock right now <laughs> yeah well i'm trying i'm trying I mean, maybe that's a good side hustle for you. So can it's a it's a cool little town. I, I guess I was I was impressed by it when when I was there. Um, nice 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 downtown. Um, cool bridges that go over the river that kind of splits the the city in two. Yes, and, and they light up with cool colors yeah. and stuff. And it's yeah, a and crazy awesome beautiful right ballpark, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. a... yeah, it's one of the nicest I've ever played in. It 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 reminds me of Birmingham, um, which is in the Southern League. It's the it's the White Sox Double A. It's it's really nice. Nice. Shall we ask another question? Yes. All right. Okay. I think we can uh, skip Mary's question though because okay. we kind of asked we kind of That's asked true. that. That's true. Um, should we go to Ian's? Yeah. All right. So Ian Cunningham asks, "Do you have any players' jerseys? Um, growing up or or now? No. Um, to be honest with you, I." have never really watched baseball that much until I started playing pro ball. So growing up, um, I think I had a college basketball jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to be honest with you, I ordered it. I think my mom ordered it, and I got the wrong one, but I still wore it anyway because it was like a college <laughs> basketball jersey. I've never really had jerseys. I had a Donovan yeah. McNabb jersey. That's seriously about it. A bit from the Eagles? Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, yeah, I can't imagine. So when you say you, you you didn't watch you didn't watch baseball growing up, but you just you just played it. So you yep. just, just didn't really do yeah. it for you to watch it. No, no, no. And um, I think I really started watching baseball. Um, I think it was my junior year of of uh, college. Just you know when all the draft stuff started, and I just mm-hmm. really took a liking to it. Really took interest in it, and uh, you know it. I find myself watching the Mariners games on my iPad in the clubhouse um, back here in my hotel. Just that's yeah. just what I do to pass the time because I just you know it's fun watching it for me just because I understand more the game within the game, what's going on, maybe you right. know kind of what they're thinking a little bit, and uh, that's you know that's some cool. of the guys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, go well, see what they're up to. Actually, mm-hmm. maybe let's double back on Mary's question then because she asked okay. uh, who your favorite current Mariner is, and I think we know the answer to that. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe we can just talk about like whose whose game do you really admire or admire from afar? Who's who do you watch to be like? Oh, I want to steal things from this. Um, play, like a player from the Mariners, it would have to be Gerard Dyson for sure. Um, I probably 
annoyed the crap out of him and spring trainer with all the questions <laughs> I had. And it would be like it would be like I would I try to pick his brain after he just got out or something and he's back in the dugout, he might be a little mad or something. Just because you know, when the starters are done they leave after like the fourth or fifth inning, right? And that's when right. us guys go in and so you know, I I just I would just try to talk to him, just try to see what he's thinking. Um the one thing that um has really helped me this year with hitting that he does is I noticed one time, I think it was an O count. Maybe it was even the first pitch of the game. He He's choked up. He was just choked mm. up like a two strike approach. And, you know, he ended up coming back in. I'm like, Dice, what are you like? What is that? What are you doing? And I, I mean, he explained it to me. It made sense. And so this year, every single pitch I choke up on my bat and I've never hit so many extra base hits or so many balls hard and, probably continue doing it for the rest of my career just it just you know the little things it's uh little things can go a long way nice that's awesome mm-hmm. uh should we, should we ask john's question here um you guys I, think, already covered that? I think we covered the yeah. biggest differences in the organization as far as like unless you have anything to add ian to um uh, you know no what? it's just just communication um yeah it's it's just a lot easier to go out and play and you know we're all we're all having the same mindset just because they're communicating with us what they want us to do and uh plan our approach and you know we're just sticking to it that's something that's been pretty consistent from everybody that i've talked to in the organization um all the players that i've talked to at least is they've all Mm -hmm. hit on that same word communication so yes for sure it's uh it's a lot easier when you know what's going on when you're in the loop you know you have good communication. So the communication about communication is definitely. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Ask the next question, Eric. Okay. Uh, so Montana Seagal asks, um, "Will you grow your hair long?" Because oh, <laughs> we got the we got the flow bros this yeah, year with Gamble and Modern hairs. and. Overton in AAA has the. Um, it just seems to be a thing across baseball right now. A lot of guys have the wild mane. Yeah, to be like hockey players. Man. You know, I don't know if if my girlfriend and slash or my mom would approve just because <laughs> I don't look very good with my hair long. See, those guys are those guys are special guys. They they can pull it off. I kind of <laughs> just look like an idiot. I did, however, have my hair pretty long going um into 2014 i think it was like down to my shoulders um i just i don't know maybe may i'm i'm unpredictable i kind of just like to go with the flow oh that that's there you go a little flow right there i don't know i don't know we'll see maybe i mean i wouldn't i know ball players are superstitious so Mm -hmm. the clip you're going at right now i would not change anything yeah, well, I, I just did. I just did. I just cut all my hair off, and I shaved my face. So oh. I don't know. Yeah, well, so we'll see. <laughs> uh, and I just got hurt, so, yeah, you never know. <laughs> oh, man. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, let's see. Um, I have a couple questions that I jotted okay. down. Um, what are your favorite walk-up songs that you've used or that others have used at, that you've heard at any other level? Hmm. Anyone stick out to you? Uh, has anyone stuck out to me? Um, yeah, yeah. So last year, Pat Brady um, had a bunch of walkout songs that were just like, just off the wall. I think he had one. 
Pat Brady is hilarious. Yeah, he's, I miss he's, that guy. He's hilarious. I, I still keep in touch with him. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the song was, but it was like a song from the fifties or sixties. It was like I don't. I don't even know what it was. It reminded me of something <laughs> like Elvis, but it was. Uh, it just it's fit him. Blue. Yeah, it it fit his personality to a T. Nice. Where is Pat now? I think he's playing indie ball, and um, nice. you know, from all the pictures he sends me, it's it's really nice. It's, the places. He goes and plays at really nice um, stadiums, unbelievable hotels, nice. So it, I mean, it looks like he's you know he's having fun. Awesome. Mhm. Uh, what what are some movies that get quoted the most often um, in the clubhouse or dugout or when when you guys are are hanging out? What's Step Brothers. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got yeah, that thought, answer ready to go. Very yeah, 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 yeah. I probably won't say the stuff that's said, but it's there. <laughs> you know, Step Brothers is a big one for sure. Uh, um, I will ask this next one because I think Eric has a fussy baby to tend to. Uh, what <laughs> is the best minor league meal, dollar for dollar? <sighs> best minor league meal, dollar for dollar. Um. Because I know food is really important to you guys. And uh, yeah. I was at the media day for the Rainiers when a lot of guys who had just been promoted up to AAA were, um, uh, they kind of had like a meet the press thing and there was mm-hmm. a big buffet and there was some nice food on it. And uh, oh man, those those dudes can eat. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Steve Barron had like three plates going <laughs> yep, at one time. Yeah, that's Barron. Yeah, uh, for sure. So... I think best dollar for dollar, I'd say, away from the from the field is uh, Jimmy John's. Plus, mm-hmm. plus because they deliver, and they'll you can give them like specific instructions, and they'll literally de- deliver it like wherever you need, whenever you need, and Anywhere. plus it's cheap. Um, other than that, I think probably peanut butter and jelly is probably your best bang for your buck, and. Uh, there's never a shortage of those around here. I bet. Nice. Yeah. That's sort of the minor league cliche, right? Peanut butter sandwiches. Yeah. Well, I'm allergic to peanut butter, so I've never had one, but oh. mm, they're all around here. Um, you know, every time you steal a base, the Jimmy John's sponsors it. So there's like a little plug on the radio broadcast for Jimmy John's. Freaky fast, freaky fresh. Yeah. I, uh, I heard that. I heard that. Um... Yeah, so there's got to be a way we can get you paid from Jimmy John's, right? Like, yeah, I wouldn't fight that. I wouldn't fight it. <laughs> I'd be cool that every every dollar helps, you know. For sure, Jimmy John's. All right, it's well, it's great. <laughs> maybe we can uh, start petitioning Jimmy John's to make you the face of the franchise. Yeah, that's yeah. that's cool with me. I'm flexible. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much, Ian, for taking time out of your day. I know you have a bus to catch. Mm-hmm. Um, and you gotta go get your get your bag on the bus because minor league life, definitely <laughs> minor Just league probs. So attractive for sure. Is it any better in the Texas league than it was? Because I know in the Southern league, you guys were traveling uh, all. Of, I mean, you had some rough trips all the way down, like way down into Florida. Uh, yeah. Is, is the Texas league any better for that? Yes, hands down. Goes? Yes, definitely. We'll take two buses. That's the good. buses are nicer. Um, I just, everybody takes care of you more here. Personally, I think, I think it's just, uh, you know, it's easier just to focus on performing. I like it a lot better. That's great. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Ian, for making the time. And uh, we wish you the best of luck in the remaining season. And we hope that you are healthy and ready to go back out there soon. Yes, and, feel better uh, soon. we get a chance to see you in Tacoma soon. I hope so, too. Thank yeah. you, guys. All right. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will catch you next week. Adios. Don't go to my limit till the news. My head got wet in midnight too. Great God, I bend down on my bend the knees. Talking to a man from Galilee. My God spoke and he sounds so sweet. I thought I heard the shuffle of angels' feet. He put one hand upon my head. Great God, I might let me tell you what he said. Go to